It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. T-Wolves hold on versus Memphis 110-101. They win their third in a row tonight. I got the expert, Jack Borman. He's going to help us break it all down. It's all coming up next on the Lockdown Wolves Postcast. You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's up? Back in the lab. Back at it. Another T-Wolves postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. See that? That's the man, Jack Borman. He's on Twitter, at JRBorman13. And Jack, before we jump into all the action tonight, quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to us by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $150. bucks. If your $5 bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right, man. Um, they can't ever just make it easy on us, can they? Uh, Wolves coming in, looking for their third in a row versus a really banged up, beat up Memphis Grizzlies team. And, and, and bro, I mean, you couldn't script a worse start. Wolves got down, what, 14 nothing in the blink of an eye. I mean, the home crowd had to wait like seven straight minutes until they made their first shot, and they finally got to sit down. That that was excruciating to watch, but they scratch and claw their way back. 14-3 run to finish the third quarter, the go-up three. I think they made nine straight shots during that stretch and started to kind of figure things out. Nonetheless, though, Memphis just wouldn't go away. It was actually kind of impressive considering what they've been through this season. This one came down to the final minutes. It looked a lot harder than I think everyone expected it would. But end of the day, a win's a win, no matter how you slice it, especially in the NBA. Ant leads the way with, what, 34 points. Huge Jaden McDaniels game. Can't wait to get into that here in a second. But Wolves win their 42nd game of the year, 110-101. They got a three-game winning streak now, and they sweep the Grizzlies this year, four games to zero. Kick us off, Jack. What's your biggest bullet points, your biggest observations from this one? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you nailed it, right? And the, that third quarter was really when the, the entire tenor of the game changed, and, and it all had to do with Anthony Edwards. Um, so Anthony Edwards played in the FIBA World Cup this past summer, and Jaron Jackson Jr. was one of his teammates, uh, Memphis Grizzlies star, of course. Uh, and and Jaron Jackson Jr. was going nuts in the first part of the third quarter. Uh, Memphis, their first six baskets, I believe, were all inside the paint. And then, um, you know, they, they added a, a couple more from the free throw line and, and Jackson was getting whatever he wanted at the paint. Um, and so after Jackson scored at the six, I think it was 601, 602, Ant decided to, to guard Jaron Jackson himself. Uh, Jaron Jackson uh, and Ant were on the floor pretty much at the same time the rest of the game. They both played the rest of the third quarter. They both came in. Uh, about three minutes into the, the fourth quarter. So Ant was matched up with him the whole entire rest of the game. Jaron Jackson was sitting on 27 points when Ant started to guard him, finished the game with 33 points. So Ant held him to six points. Uh, he shot well under uh, well under uh, 50%. I don't have the exact numbers for what he shot while Ant was guarding him, but um, the, the Timberwolves were down six when this started. Uh, they ended up winning by nine. So they were a plus 15 when Ant decided to guard Jaron Jackson Jr., and all throughout this, Ant scored 19 of his own to just completely take the game over uh, for the Timberwolves, which which was pretty impressive. Uh, he, he just flipped the entire game on its head. 
reinfused a ton of energy into the building, which was nuts. He had 18 points in the paint in the second half, uh, which is insane. He had a career high five dunks. All five came in the second half. I know if you watch the broadcast, they, they were hammering that. Um, but yeah, for the Wolves to go on a 23 to 14 run to end the third quarter uh, and, and get into the fourth quarter with the lead, I think was just big for morale. Right. And now, um, you know, we'll talk about this a little later, but but to be able to have Monte Morris and Mike Conley as your two guys that are handling the ball in the fourth quarter is huge. Um, and, and the Wolves were able to, you know, sustain some of the Memphis role players, you know, making some really tough shots, whether it was Zaire Williams, Santi Aldama, um, and they rebounded the ball ex- extremely well in the fourth quarter, which was huge. They did not allow an offensive rebound in the fourth quarter, uh, which was pretty impressive considering that they allowed 17 for 18 second chance points in the first um three quarters um and so yeah it, it was the story in this one tonight no question he scored 34 points for the second night in a row uh made 11 shots uh, on 21 attempts uh which you know pretty impressive i mean he was 10 of 15 um from two which was great and, and 11 of 11 from the free throw line right any anything above double digit attempts for him is awesome at the free throw line and he certainly earned it with how much he's driving and we can get into it a little bit more, but yeah. it's just part of a growing trend. I think he he's really started to realize that uh, this team needs him to be driving and, and getting to the basket uh, and imposing his, his will and changing the physicality of the game by living at the rim rather than settling for uh, a ton of threes or a ton of mid range shots. He can, he can get by everyone and he's got enough gas in the tank. He's in great shape to be able to do it. And the fact that he's really kind of, taking it upon himself to drive more and more and more aggressively over the last five, six, seven games has been really important for the Timberwolves and has been a huge reason why their offense has been a lot better in that stretch as well. Wolves tie their season high win total from last year with 42. How wild is that to say? I mean, what a fun season thus far. I can't believe that we could spend a whole episode just on that topic itself. But yeah, let's stick with Ant for just another minute or two, because I think he deserves it after what he did tonight. And and you already touched on it. But, you know, for me, it's like, okay, if you sat down and watched this one, it, it was just it was so obvious who. And what changed the tone in the landscape tonight? I, I mean, I think you nailed it in the opening segment because for two and a half quarters, things just looked kind of out of sync, just looked ugly. And then it was Anthony Edwards who flipped that switch. He started helping out on Jaron Jackson Jr., as mentioned, who had like, what, 29 in the third quarter. Not only did that help so much on the defensive side of the ball, then he started to heat up offensively, just took control of the game. He flat out just took over, man. Uh, ends the night with 34. You already ripped out all the great stats. He's now averaging over 33 per game in his last six. That's second in the NBA in points per game since February 4th. It's just so clear here, Jack, that Anthony Edwards is turning into the guy the Wolves need him to be, and he's playing like a legitimate blue-chip superstar in the NBA right now. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, It's been really fun to watch. I mean, when you look at over the entire season, Ant's averaging – um, you know, 14 drives a game, which is, you know, top top 15 in the league. But but he's taken that up to, to 17 and a half over the last six. Like you mentioned, uh, what did you say? He was second in scoring the last six? Yeah, I think it's just Doncic. And it's by like 0.1 points per game since February yeah. 6th. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, in that same frame, his drives per game has gone up by by three. So it's so almost 20 percent um which has been incredible and then and then you just want to look at sheer points scored off of drives in the last six third in the league behind 
Shea Gildas Alexander and Jalen Brunson. So that's that's great company to keep when you consider how how dynamic those guys are in the drive. And and for Ant, I think anytime he settles for a, you know a jump shot that isn't wide open, it just really feels like he's he's doing the defense a solid. And now that he's in so much better shape than he was last season or the season before, he has. I think so much more confidence that at any time in the game, he can just blow by any defender that's in front of him. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's a big guy, a small guy. I think earlier in his career, we'd see a lot of him uh, settle for a step back three when a big was on him rather than just kind of lulling him to sleep and just darting past him to the rim. And we've been seeing a lot more of that of late, which has been really important. It's creating much easier offense for him. And it's also too a big reason why, you know, his assisted turnover ratio has improved a lot more over the last, uh, you know, let's call it 10 games or so, yeah. dating back to before the the All-Star break as well, because when he's able to drive more, collapse the defense more, he's able to, you know, find those easy corner kicks to shooters, whether it be Jaden McDaniels, Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Nas Reed, uh, or even Carl Anthony Towns in the slot. And, and I think the more that he drives, the more he's going to be able to impact the game as a scorer, but also as a playmaker. And that's not to say he shouldn't shoot threes because he's a very efficient three-point shooter, especially for someone with his physical profile and his game. Uh, And it's just important that he's really doing a great job of of continuing to mix it up. And again tonight, right, his three-point shot wasn't falling. And it was great that he didn't just continue jacking him up to try to see one go in and get back on track. It was more, hey, instead of wasting some of these possessions just by – you know, chucking a three early in the shot clock, six, seven possession or six, seven seconds in the shot clock without a pass or maybe one pass. He's he's just working it and getting into the paint and either scoring. And if it's not there, he's done a great job of kicking the ball out and making the simple read. And it's just a, a growing reason why his impact on the offensive end of the floor is just getting better and better and better every single game. And it's just becoming undeniable. And I think that those, you know, Right there, that's a great point as well um, from from Random Planet there that he really is doing a great job of not letting the officials dictate the way that he's playing the game. He's just continuing to play his game, whether he's getting calls or not, because I I think he he can't let foul calls or lack of foul calls deter him from going to the rim because it's what he's best at. And he's still going to finish a lot of times, even when he does get fouled. And, and how many times have we seen Ant complain for a, for a foul, finally getting Ant one and they miss the free throw? Hey, I, this, hey, this is, hey. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would venture to guess that Ant is shooting maybe 60% on his free throws after Ant ones and he's shooting like 85 or 90% <laughs> That's crazy. on all other free throws. I, I don't crazy. have the numbers in front of me, but, uh, but yeah, a, a wonderful game for man. And, and hopefully he can just continue to, kind of keep the snowball rolling down the mountain because when he gets going, man, I mean, you, you said it not the Timberwolves scored on nine straight possessions down the third quarter. The crowd was totally into it. And and it felt like it just kind of broke the, the grizzly spirit. They just couldn't keep up with the wolves yeah. and it was really, really fun to watch. All right. On the other side of the ball though, you know, as good as Ant was Rudy Gobert. And we haven't said this often this year, but, but he had a really tough night. I mean, just call a spade a spade here. Not, not sure if he was just tired or what, but he just looked, a little slower than usual, a little out of it, maybe. Talk to us what you saw about Rudy tonight and, and just, you know, how his off night, I guess, got the Wolves into trouble around the rim tonight, early and often. 
Yeah, I think that sometimes guys on the perimeter, uh, whether it be Ant or Carl Anthony Towns, uh, even Mike Conley and, and Jaden at times, just know that Rudy's back there and maybe don't give their best effort on the perimeter. And I think that tonight was a night where when Rudy isn't playing probably at 100% or isn't having his best game, that that just becomes so much more apparent, right? In that we've just gotten so used to Rudy being so dominant on the defensive end of the floor and cleaning up everyone's mistakes that seemingly the first night that he hasn't been able to clean up everyone's mistakes, everybody's just like, whoa, whoa, what happened right. to Rudy? Right. And right. I, I think there was was exactly right in terms of, you know, Rudy played almost a shade under 40 minutes last night. I believe that's the most minutes he's played in any game this season. He was questionable going into last night with an ankle. I think his ankle uh, sprain was was a little bit more substantive uh, than, than the ankle issue that Ant was dealing with. And I think more than anything, he just didn't look like he had the same energy, the same quickness, wasn't moving around as well tonight. And it was really the first time all season that we've seen that. And so... I would not be surprised if, you know, he, he seemingly is a little bit more questionable going into to Friday's game. But nonetheless, it was really important that the Wolves were able to close this game without him and and that they didn't need him to come back in. I mean, he was a minus 16 uh, and Memphis for, for most of the game just dominated in the paint. Right. They, they ended up 48, 46 in the paint for the for the Grizzlies. But it was really not that close for the majority of the game. I want to say the Grizzlies Grizzlies were up double digits in that category for probably 80% of this game. Uh, and then again, the, the offensive rebounding, right? Memphis had 17 offensive rebounds for 18 points compared to the Wolves having just five offensive rebounds for five points. Um, and again, that, that was a big story, right? Because if you look at just first chance possessions that the Grizzlies had, they had an offensive rating of 101, which is pretty terrible. But then just on second chance possessions, they had an offensive rating of 112, which still not that great, but uh, is considerably better than, than their first chance possessions. So basically all that says is that, you know, the Wolves did a great job playing defense on that first shot, but just really struggled to uh, defensive rebound and really struggled to stop the Grizzlies from scoring points for the most part on those second possessions. But, but then again, right. Fourth quarter, uh, Rudy, you know, played, what was it? The first, uh, first four fifty nine of the quarter, yeah. uh, and, and helped set the tone. I mean, they got some stops, uh, early in the quarter, um, and the wolves, you know, again, did not allow an offensive rebound, which was really important. Um, but, but yeah, I just think it was a game where, you know, Nas and Carl were moving a lot better side to side and in the paint. And we're contesting more shots. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Jaden McDaniels combined, too. We'll talk more about them. But they had seven blocks between the two of them. So they did a great job rotating on the backside to defend the rim and kind of make up for some of the, I guess, impact that you lose from not having Rudy Gobert. And, again, I think it was also more important, more uh, apparent that uh, the Timberwolves were just letting more guys get into the rim because Kyle Anderson wasn't playing tonight. And Kyle right. Anderson, again, 6'9", 7'2", wingspan, 7'3", wingspan does a great job just with his length of staying in front of guys, even quicker guys and keeping them out of the paint. But then when guys do get in the paint, he does a great job of, of you know, kind of getting in between the, the you know, offensive players vision of the rim and, and forces them to either take tough shots or pass out of the paint and not having him and having Rudy uh, with an off night, I think was kind of a double whammy that, that showed itself there. But you have to give a lot of credit to, especially those for Nas, uh, Carl, Jaden, 
and Nikhil Alexander-Walker for the way that they stepped up to help defend the rim. And, and then, of course, Ant, we touched on it with the way that, you know, he just kept Jaron Jackson Jr. out of the paint, which was awesome. And he was the main – and Jaron Jackson was the main catalyst for them scoring all those points in the paint. So uh, it was a really great team effort to kind of make up from Rudy. But I, I think most of Rudy's play tonight was offset by a, a wonderful Jaden McDaniels game. I don't know if you want to catch a break now or, or after this, but um, – uh, yeah, let's catch a quick break here. We'll, we'll do our first quick break, and then we'll touch on Jane because that's a good point. We got to touch on him. Great game from him on both ends of the floor, but plenty more deep dive, including also Monte Morris watch and the Wolves' impact off the bench tonight. That's all coming up right after this. Quick reminder, tonight's postcast brought to us by our friends over at Stitch Fix. Guys, sometimes the biggest cliches in life, they're cliches because they're true. And one of the best cliches that resonates with me the most is if you look good, you feel good. And I always feel my best when I use Stitch Fix because with Stitch Fix, you get your own personal stylist who understands your style, your size, and most importantly, your budget. And the best part is they do all the shopping for you. That makes it without a doubt the easiest way to update your wardrobe closet this spring season. For me personally, Kind of into that sporty, laid-back, relaxed, kind of casual look. You know, the hoodies, the fleeces, the quarter zip-ups, right? Maybe a golf polo or two. So my personal stylist helped me find some new trendy clothes that fit my look and feel perfectly and help me update my closet without those long, excruciating, stressful trips to the mall. Uh, all you got to do, guys, you tell your stylist your size, your style, and your budget. And they take care of the rest. And my favorite part here, there's no subscription required. You just order a new box how you want it, when you want it. And if you don't like it, no problem. Just send it back on the house. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. It's style that makes you feel as good as you look. So go get started today at stitchfix.com slash locked on. That's stitchfix.com slash locked on. All right, time for our new favorite bit, the Monte Morris watch. I know it's only been two games since we spoke, but any changes on that front from what you've seen? How's he fitting into the equation thus far? We want to start there instead of Jaden? All right, go ahead. You can start with Jaden. Just go ahead and kind of tie the two in together. Uh, however, Yeah, you yeah. So I, I think just starting with Jaden really quick, mm -hmm. uh, he he obviously has struggled, right? And, and, I, and I don't think that, you know, we, we can totally hold it against him necessarily in, in the sense that, you know, I, I think everybody's going to have ups and downs of the course of their season, right? And the Timberwolves have still found ways to win without Jaden playing at the at the peak of his powers, right? I mean, he, he had two points, seven points, two points in the in the three games after that seventeen point performance in the in the final uh, game before the the All Star break, and tonight came back with twelve points uh, on five of seven shooting, had made two of his four threes, had three assists, had three blocks. Uh, you know, I had two rebounds. You'd like to see him get closer to, you know, three, four or five in a game. But, but again, you, it's really hard to nitpick with the way that he was really impactful off the ball at the rim tonight. And I think that's something that uh, doesn't really get talked about quite enough with Jane McDaniels is that yes, he's, he's one of the best on ball perimeter stoppers in the entire league, but he's equally as good defending the rim and, and rotating on the backside of the defense. And just like guys don't think about going at the rim because Rudy Gobert is there. They have second thoughts about attacking the rim on, on the backside when they know Jalen that Jaden McDaniels could be trailing the play right. and, and made a lot of shots really difficult mm -hmm. uh, on that on that back end. And, and Jaden did a great job, I thought, guarding 
guarding Vince Williams, uh, who's been a great story for uh, for the the Grizzlies this season. Held him to four of fifteen shooting. Also spent time on Zaire Williams, who shot six of fourteen, and two of those fourteen uh, shot attempts that he made were just uh, these wild circus shots. He had at the end of the first half, that big three pointer. And then that crazy one deep in the, in the corner, uh, in that right corner in the second half. And, and for Jaden, it was, it was really nice to see him score early in the, the first quarter. Again, wasn't in foul trouble really for the majority of this game, which was huge for him. He scored his buckets in a variety of ways. He, he scored in, in catch and shoot opportunities. He scored, driving it off the catch. He scored in transition a couple times. We saw those two huge dunks that he had, one right at the end of the game from Ant, and then another one on that touchdown pass from Carl on his sidelines out of bounds, which was a really heads-up play by the two of them. And then and then also drove and, and scored once or twice in isolation too, which is which is what you want to see. And, and really, Jaden McDaniels could determine the ceiling of this Timberwolves offense in the sense that when Jaden McDaniels can get you anywhere from 12 to 17 points in, in a game, it's huge, right? And and this was an off night for Mike Conley, who who had four points on just four shots, and Gobert, who had eight points on just four shots. But I, I think when Jaden scores in that 12 to 17, 18 points per game range, it just buys you so much more margin for error offensively, right? Ant could have a game where he doesn't play as well. Carl could have a game where he doesn't play as well. Nas could have a game where he doesn't play as well. And, and I think, too, something that I would like to see more of is, is Nikhil Alexander-Walker playing more minutes with the starters and Jaden McDaniels playing more minutes yeah. with the bench unit mm-hmm. so that you can empower Jaden as a, as a scorer a little bit more to try to build up some of his confidence. That's something that we've talked a about a little, a little bit more that, that I think could happen. We didn't see it as much tonight just because he did such a good job playing alongside Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, those guys played pretty much the whole first quarter, pretty much the whole third quarter, and were, and were really strong in their, their minutes together for the most part, especially the back half of the first quarter and the back half of the third quarter. Um, so that was huge. But, but beyond Jaden, too, now moving to the bench, I thought was outstanding, right? They had, I think they had 45 bench points last night. They have 39 tonight. Again, they're, they're averaging uh, low to mid-30s on the season which is in the bottom third of the, of the NBA and to get two, two guys in double figure scoring off the bench, I think is a huge win for the wolves, but, but we'll start with Nas Reed who had 19 points tonight on the heels of scoring 22 points last night. Again, was very efficient. Six of 11 made four of his six threes and really did a great job of, of pushing the pace, right? That, that combination of Nas Reed and Monte Morris has been incredible in terms of the way that, that they've played off of stops, especially since the all-star break. They've done a great job of creating easy opportunities, whether it's for themselves or Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who we saw uh, have, a, have a few great rim attacks, especially uh, in, in those broken floor or kind of early semi-transition in the first six, eight seconds of the shot clock. He was great as well. But but for Nas, the way that he was able to uh, play off the catch, attack, give, give you those spin kind of half spin little uh, right hook little shimmy shots. right hook yep. shot. yeah yep. exactly and then you know 12 of his 19 points came from beyond the three-point line and made all three of his free throws so just his shot mix i thought was was really good and, and nasreed being able to guard one through five has been such a revelation for this team this season and, and he was tremendous again tonight he's done such a good job of of 
you know, kind of understanding how much space he needs to give a guy in front of him so that he can slide his feet enough to wall off drives, but also be able to contest three point shots. He's really figured out all the little nuances of his defensive game that, that's been really impactful for the Wolves. And again, was super active around the rim, had two block shots, uh, six rebounds. His, his rebounding numbers have been up of late, which has been really helpful. And then to kill Alexander Walker, right? He, he was 0 of 5 from three in each of the last two games. Got one to drop tonight finally, but it was most of the work that he did off the dribble and in transition to get his 12 points. And then again, five assists and four blocks for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, which, which was awesome. And, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker's assist-to-turnover ratio has been awesome. They've, they've been getting you know in that three to six assists per game range from both yeah. Nikhil and Monte Morris without turning the ball over, which has been huge. And that bench unit right? It hasn't scored very well, but if they can start scoring better as a result of having cleaner playmaking without turnovers, as a result of playing with more pace and getting earlier action in, in the shot clock without having to let everything drip into the last five seconds of the shot clock and throw up scuds or bad shots, they've been generating a lot of clean looks, which has been awesome as a result of their ball movement and their willingness to move it without the ball, set screens for each other, break down the defense, get into the paint, collapse the defense and kick the ball out and then just swing, swing, swing around the perimeter, which has been great. So you have to, you have to give Nikhil a lot of credit. I think he had three blocks in the first half, which was great. And, and Jeff, that's a great point. That, that kind of segues me into the Monte Morris uh, conversation that, that we're going to have here is that Monte Morris playing more point guard, backup point guard, puts Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Kyle Anderson into more of their natural positions, which was right. something we talked about in that first show after the trade deadline, is that we thought this might happen. And, and both those guys are more second-side creators. They're not guys that you want initiating a ton of your action or having a ton of playmaking burden on them because that's when you see the turnover numbers kind of start to rise. But for those two guys to, to be in those secondary creation roles – attack off the catch, make corner kickouts, be able to run simple pick and rolls and just make the right reads, not do anything too crazy has been super helpful. And Monte Morris has done a great job of just being another shooter out there that can help space the floor, made another three tonight, which was important in that, that fourth quarter to kind of continue to give them some breathing room. But for Monte, five points, five assists, four rebounds. He was a plus, uh, what was he, a plus 13 off the bench and it, and it certainly felt that way he played 21 minutes tonight which i believe is a season high for him i have to fact check that but uh he just has such a good understanding of how to manipulate a defense right whether it's you know the, those subtle little ball you know pass fakes to to drive you know two dribbles into the lane to collapse the defense a little bit more to create yes a better passing yes. angle for him to you know jump and swing it back to the opposite end of the floor has been incredible. He's done a great job of pushing the pace and transition. Uh, and then he made three or four passes tonight that didn't get assists, but created wide open looks from three. You know, you think about the way that he caught it in transition, kind of drove in the left slot and then uh, reversed it or kind of, you know, put the car in reverse and just kind of sat it in that left slot and then kicked it, you know, kind of did that little quick no look to Nikhil once he realized Nikhil was wide open. Nikhil missed that, but but it's just those little things that he opens up, open three-point looks for his teammates and and really, I think, takes smart shots, right? He only shot two of seven again tonight, but I feel like he's taking good shots for the most part. Uh, he's had a couple of dumb little shots at the rim that have gotten blocked by opposing centers, but, but those are things that you can clean up, I think, fairly easily just watching and, and film. Um, but again, one thing too with Monte Morris, right? The assisted turnovers was something that, 
that we really advertised ab about his game coming into tonight, or really when he just came to Minnesota. But coming into tonight, 16 assists and one turnover as a Timberwolf. And tonight he had five assists and zero turnovers. So he has 21 assists and one turnover since he wow. came to Minnesota. And, and right, he played the first 10 minutes of that fourth quarter and they just played really clean, efficient basketball. And the Timberwolves only had one turnover in the fourth quarter as a result. I thought they did a great job of moving the ball, taking smart shots for the most part, got to the rim and, and generated a lot of good looks. And I, you know, I, I don't have the number in front of me right this second uh, for what they shot in the, in the fourth quarter tonight. I, th I think they shot nine of 24, one of 10 from three, but I still think they generated for the most part, pretty clean looks. And, uh, you know, for the Wolves then, you know, still be able to win the game. We've seen them have some poor fourth quarter shooting numbers. But again, for them to help hold Memphis to 5 of 19, 26% uh, is great. So, and, and you can make up for some some poor shooting if, if you only turn the ball over one time and you're not letting that offense, uh, you know, kind of spiral into, into more points and easier offense for, for your opponent. So Monte Morris has been a big part of that, been, been a lot of fun to watch, and, and hopefully they can they can keep it going here. Super encouraging signs right now from that bench, which, again, has always been one of the big pieces of the puzzle they needed to just kind of ramp up, kind of middle of the pack, just in general in most statistical categories throughout the NBA this year. All right, one quick segment left. We'll talk about the schedule coming up, and that's all coming up right after this. Quick reminder, guys, this episode brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA and start a new journey to becoming your best self. Because sometimes in life, we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to eat away and, and maybe get under your skin. And it's so important to be able to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. Now, Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than just our favorite sports teams and what's going on. And it's important to get these things off your chest every once in a while. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be flexible and suited for your schedule. Go visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. All right, Jack, we got time for one quick one. I'm talking 60 seconds. Uh, uh, when you hear this, Kings, Clippers, Blazers at home, and then on the road with Pacers, Cavs, Lakers, Clippers again, Jazz twice, and then you come back home with the Denver Nuggets, add in a couple back-to-backs in the mix as well. For me, I hear that. I think that's an absolute gauntlet coming up on the horizon. But but what's you know the top one or two things that come to mind for you as far as it pertains to this Timberwolves team and this schedule coming up on deck? Yeah, I think they're going to play some teams that, that they've struggled with, right? And that yeah. Sacramento has been the team they've struggled with with speed. Indiana is another team that has a ton of speed and, and can really spread you out. That, that Cleveland game, Cleveland's another team that's got two bigs, got Darius Garland and and. Donovan Mitchell back. So there's going to be some good tests. And, and a lot of a lot of these teams play very different styles of basketball. So the Timberwolves are going to get uh, a really good crash course, I guess, and how that that too big and, and playing big and playing with physicality type style of basketball matches up against all these different all these different ways that, that these teams like to play. Um, and a lot of teams, for the most part, that like to go small. So 
it'll be a good opportunity for the Timberwolves uh, defense as well to continue to flex its muscles here. But um, yeah, they're going to need to come away with, you know, out of that stretch, probably seven, six, seven, eight wins. Right. If they want to stay in the hunt for that, that number one seed. And we talked about that on the basketball party this morning. I think that could be 59 to 60 wins is what's going to get you the one seed. And, so and, and, not a lot and of not just and not just six or seven wins, but who are the wins against, right? Because you got the Clippers twice in there, you got the Nuggets in there. You can win those games, man. That's such a huge swing, obviously, when you're racking. And up they the play Cubs. Denver three times the rest of the season. That's too, right. Which is, which That's is right. Great. Absolutely. All right. Let's close with this quick mini preview for Friday night's game versus the Kings. You know, this will be their third matchup between these two. They've each won one so far this year. Wolves beaten them most recently uh, back on December 23rd. I want to say like 110.98. What's the stop? Uh, top storyline though or two that you kind of foresee happening in your head and then part two because I know you know in the loss back in October the Kings couldn't miss a shot I remember that vividly that was obviously the big issue that that you know just just they had a hard time with I guess but a lot's changed since then how much different do the Kings look now than the last time they saw them they don't really look different at all. They, okay. This is a team that's pretty much the exact same as what they were last year. They know their okay. identity. They play to their identity extremely well. Uh, they spread you out. They share the ball. They shoot a ton of threes. They're very good at it. Uh, but De'Aaron Fox's health is the number one key for me. He did not play tonight in, in Denver. They're losing by 25 uh, to the Nuggets right now. That game's about to go final. Um, and so he, he's dealing with a little bit of a knee issue. Uh, so we'll see if he's he's going to be able to play. But but also it's going to be that Sabonis versus Gobert matchup, right? Mm-hmm. Gobert's not 100%. Yeah. Sabonis has been on an absolute tear of late. He, he really struggled tonight. But he's been on a tear with all these triple doubles and playmaking and, and just being really physical uh, as a scorer inside and as an offensive rebounder. So if the Wolves can mitigate what Sabonis is doing with his physicality inside. And then in that last game against the Kings, uh, they gave a, a huge runway uh, to De'Aaron Fox above the three-point line where Sabonis would set a screen five, six, seven feet uh, above the three-point line. to and, and the Wolves didn't get up there at the level of the screen. So and they gave De'Aaron Fox 10 feet, and he's one of the, he's probably the fastest guy in the leagues. 10 <laughs> feet to just get a full head of steam going towards the rim. Come on, man. There's not a whole lot Rudy Gobert can do uh, when that's happening. So the, so hopefully the Timberwolves will change up what they're doing defensively a little bit uh, against De'Aaron Fox. So we'll see. But it should be a fun game. Two, really, two, yeah. two, two teams that have pretty contrasting styles. But the Wolves have really struggled with speed on the perimeter. So we'll see if they can they can hold up. Uh, Wolves heating back up now. Three wins in a row. Tonight's final 110-101. They stay atop the West. They notch their 42nd win of the season. Kings in town Friday. That'll be a good one. Tip off for that one, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, Well done tonight, my man, as always. Huge shout out to everyone that joined us. Love the energy, the knowledge, the passion. Rest assured, we're going to be back each and every game. Same time, same place, right here to break it. Great all down. comments tonight. Great, Great comments. comments tonight, man. Bringing the heat in that comment section. Absolutely love it. Quick reminder: go check out all of Jack's work on Twitter at Jr. Borman thirteen, and make sure you check out the entire crew on the Minnesota Basketball Party each and every Wednesday. Quick little tease: five seconds. What did you guys talk about on today's episode? Yeah, we talked a little bit about uh, that that Spurs win. Uh, we we talked about. Uh, again, the, the race for the number one seed, what's going to take to be able to come away with the number one seed in terms of wins, what the Wolves are going to need to do, improve upon. Talked a little bit about that Mike Conley, Dennis Schroeder dust up at the end of the game. And and, and as always predicted, predicted the week. So I had him going three and one uh, with, with the Wolves winning tonight. So off, off to a good start. 
Love it. Sam Ekstrom hosting that. Gophers legend Ron Johnson in the mix. Carol Evans, Reggie Wilson. Plus, Ben Beacon always ripping it up over on the Lockdown Wolves podcast each and every day as well. That'll do it for us tonight. He's Jack Borman. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 